reaction to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442FM. Thank you, Jacko, and welcome to 442FM on a Thursday lunchtime. We're here at 442 HQ in North Sydney. Joining me is online editor of 442, Kevin Ayres. Hello. Hello, Kevin. My name's Aidan Ormond. You can just call me Ado for this next hour. Um, here we are. Well, look, uh, Kev, uh, I would reckon that last weekend was a pretty damn interesting place to start. Let's just review last weekend's game, starting on Friday night with the Ange Farewell, the Ange Cup, you could say. Uh, victory over Raw. Um, uh, I've got my views on the game. What are your views? Well, I didn't actually see this game. I was out for dinner uh, again, so I missed this one. Uh, that's two Brisbane Roar games in a row I've missed. But interestingly, I came back and looked at the stat zone uh, afterwards just to see what I'd missed. I saw the, what the score was, obviously. Victory won. But looking at the stats, it looked to me as if... You know, Roar hadn't died trying. They'd thrown everything into the game from what I could see. Passes were almost twice as many as victory. You could see they were lobbing balls in from everywhere. They had just as many shots uh, on uh, goal as uh, victory, bar one, and the one seemed to be the difference. I said this to people who had watched the game, and it was immediately shot down because apparently Roar were barely in it. Tell me more. Well, firstly, Kev, uh, what's what app were you using again? Was it StatZone? It would be StatZone. How good is StatZone? It's the biz, but it just goes to show that stats don't tell the complete story. Exactly, exactly. Uh, you can get it on iTunes. Yes. Uh, it's a great app. It's fantastic for watching uh, with the game, for looking at while you're watching the game, mm-hmm. uh, and for uh, assessing what happened afterwards. But it doesn't. You can't rely on it to tell you the whole story. Yeah, absolutely. Look, for a start, I was disappointed by this game. I was so looking forward to it. Um, it didn't quite pan out that way. I thought it would be a really entertaining game. In, in fact, it was uh, a game where there was a, a, quite a few mistakes, a poor pitch as well, and not a great crowd. I think it was just over 21,000. So um, if Victory did what they do under... J- j- just to backtrack here, how good is it that we were saying that you know, it wasn't a great crowd, it was only just over 20,000? What change days? Change mm. days, but carry on. Yeah, Sorry. no, you're absolutely right. Um, uh, let's not ever take it for granted. I think what you're saying, and I agree totally. Um, yeah, it was a disappointing game. Uh, the surface uh, didn't seem to help, um, and there was some injuries to Bratton, which was uh, a quite a heavy tackle, I think, with Leia, who was in the wars all night. Victory did what Victory do under Ange, which is they never stop. They always back themselves, and Tracy scored a beautiful goal. Um, it wasn't the greatest game I've ever seen, and so it was disappointing on that uh, on that level. But um, uh, Ange went out a winner, uh, and as he said after the game, I think it would have been a bit of a, a letdown if he hadn't gone out a winner. Uh, Victory, um, uh, they, they impressed to a degree. I think Brisbane were slightly disappointing for me. Um, but uh, obviously missing Barisha was a huge loss Kwame Yaboa came in and he tried very hard, he was subbed off later in the game, a young player with uh, quite a lot of potential but perhaps not, not a Barisha obviously at this stage so disappointing for Brisbane uh, to lose and also for the injuries as well and they're having a, a right old uh, time this week with injuries but uh, yeah Victory got the result and uh, although not a great game um, the, the ideal way to send off Ange. Yeah I mean for all that you know it wasn't apparently a very good game the Brisbane Roar still put 540 passes together that's a phenomenal mm. amount of passes I mean uh, Melbourne Victory didn't do too badly themselves. They put 398, 314 successful, uh, 449 of Brisbane Roars were successful. And, you know, looking at the, uh, the the map of their passing, there was a good, you know, it was all over the field. Mm. Um, I'm just really, really surprised still mm. that they weren't in the game mm. better. And, you know, like I say, 12 shots on, tar- on goal. Victory had 12 shots on goal, plus one on target, which went in. Uh, well, one more on target, which went in. Um, um, I am. Um, the scoreline looks like it reflects the stats, uh, but the actual overall impression of people who watched it just it really does surprise me mm. it wasn't uh, a closer affair. It was almost like both sides, in a way, cancelled each other out, but there were so many mistakes as well during the game. I'm not sure whether the pitch had something to do with it, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it, look, I was disappointed um, yeah. in just 
I was so so looking forward to this one. Yeah. Um, not because of so much Andrew's farewell. It's just two sides who really really caught the eye. So um, overall, as an entertainment package, wasn't great. It was on SBS Live, SBS Two rather. Um, and I'll be interested to see the ratings for this game. Um, yeah, I don't know how it went, uh, but I mean, they have been doing fantastic ratings yeah. up to now, so yeah. I would be surprised if it was a, a disappointment for them. Yeah. Melbourne Victory is always going to get a big crowd uh, yeah. on TV, rather. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, but I think uh, the fact they've got two Wanderers games in a row coming up, SBS, mm. they've got to be delighted about that. You would think. Uh, so that brought us then to Saturday. It did, it did. Now, Saturday was an unusual day for both you and I because we both were going to go to the derby. We were very <coughs> excited to see the Sydney derby and neither of us went. Well, I did actually go. I just didn't get in because yeah. there was a slight cock-up that was entirely my fault where I left my pass on the drinks cabinet in the house. Uh, so I watched the first 15 minutes uh, from a bus on my phone however uh, that's uh, that side uh, prior to that was the, were you the singing moment. along on the bus as well I was actually because yeah. I forgot the headphones on and I forgot where I was um, but uh, before that yeah. match was the, the Mariners and Adelaide United how uh, good are the Mariners looking uh, this season it, I, and I think McBreen has yet to come back as well yeah. they have not missed a beat have they no I mean it, it is an incredible the way that uh, Arnie has consistently managed to regenerate that side with quality recruits and you know you would not guess that the, you know the, the, it's a shadow of the this playing group that was there previous season and the, that playing group was a shadow of the playing group that was there the season before uh, his ability to to take what he's to deal with what he's been dealt mm. uh, is, I think, beyond compare in the league. He's the regenerator. He really is. Arnie yeah. is the regenerator. Yes. And look, we've had our differences with Arnie, and he's not everyone's cup of tea. Um, <laughs> we um, or you? you? No, well, I mean, yeah. I, I say we, I say, I, when I say we, I mean I. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think I think he's just an outstanding coach. Uh, he's not the soccer coach, and we'll talk about that later. Um, but I think in some ways it's good to have him still in the A-League because we just, quality coaches like that and, uh, and Popper as well, uh, very important for our development. So uh, Storm Rue as well, what a player he's uh, turned out to be. Fantastic. Best yeah. name in the A-League. Um, and we're a real talent. And New Zealand are producing a lot of these talents these days. I tell you, New Zealand are uh, the new Belgium, as far as I'm concerned. That's, they're coming through. They've got strength in so many different departments now. Uh, mm. And, you know, because we've not regenerated our side, I'd say they're ahead of us, to be honest. I wouldn't like to play them. Yeah. I really wouldn't yeah. like to play them at full strength. Yeah. And I'll tell you another thing. We had this, a bit of a chat with Paul Eiffel on Twitter during the week about, you know, New Zealand being in Asia. All of the political machinations aside, I do think that teams will in Asia would struggle to, to get a, a good result in New Zealand, and I think they're good enough to get a decent result away from away from home with the sort of team that they have, the players they've got. Um, very exciting times for them. But I, we digress. Central Coast. Oh, j- just on that though, I still feel very strongly that uh, Asia is a complete mess of a confederation. It's far too big, uh, and I think yeah, East West is the future and that uh, could be in New Zealand bring in Oceania yeah. and you know New Zealand would find it tough because that would be them pitted against Japan and uh, Australia and Korea no easy route for any of us uh, you know uh, and that includes Australia uh, if we were to do that divide but it makes much more sense than this nonsense of Asia encompassing this massive massive uh, Confederation. Mm. It, could, it could be the New Zealand. Uh, we're digressing here, but it could be New Zealand playing in Uzbekistan, for example, which is effectively playing on the other side of the world you know, yeah, in terms yeah. of the, the, the flight time. But look, just going back to the Central Coast, Storm Rue, terrific young player. But what I love about the Mariners is they haven't really, they haven't really changed too much. But they change a lot of players, so it just shows you that the, if the system's right and you can bring the players in to fit the system. Arnie's, Arnie's just, again, just pulled another rabbit out of it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Pedge Borch leaving, I honestly thought was going to be a huge uh, problem for them this season because he, he was, for all that the Mariners have turned on him for uh, going south uh, on the, uh, the freeway, he was a huge uh, bonus for them on the right wing. Mm. Uh, but Storm Rudis come in, mm. 
and you've t- paid who? Mm. Uh, instantly forgotten. Uh, so no, great, great job by uh, Arnie and the rest of the squad up there. Mm. Fantastic. The Reds um, obviously disappointed to lose. Gombay said after the uh, after the game that they're still trying to build uh, for the future. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think anybody that gets uh, paranoid about what's happening at Adelaide is really just panicking uh, unnecessarily. The, the Adelaide, it's a, a job in progress. It's work in progress. Uh, it will take some time for it all to come together, but the signs are already there. Uh, and and have a look at some of the stats as well. I mean, some of the stats yeah, bear that out. He's recruited incredibly well. It's a fabulous squad. Uh, and they lost and a game that they had 66.2% possession, 85%. Away from home. Yes, 85% completed possession rate, uh, and all passes uh, 614, of which 522. 614 passes, that's yeah. fantastic. Uh, it, you know, it, it, uh, it will take some time for it all to gel, but the signs are there. They're losing 1 0 to the reigning. Champions. They did win the grand finals. Yes. They are the champions. I was trying, the trying to remember if it was premiers or champions. Uh, reigning pre- uh, against the, mm. the reigning champions, away from home, playing attractive football. Uh, you know, mm. you, the Adelaide fans should be very, very confident for the future. I Absolutely. Think. This is not Rini Cullen. <laughs> no. Rini who? Exactly. That's name from the past. I should also say the pitch was superb. I yeah. mean, that is Premier League quality pitch. Congratulations to the start of Blue Tongue there. Um, and, of course, that that was a great Saturday because you had the first game in, in, uh, in Central Coast and then the Sydney derby. Uh, there's been so much in the media in Sydney. I don't know whether the, the readers, uh, the listeners are living in Sydney, but there's been so much about this derby. Um, just the spectacle itself. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a great game. Yeah. Uh, a lot of mistakes. Uh, I unfortunately couldn't make it as well because I was sick. And I had, had to listen to it on ABC Radio. Which was, uh, that's what I was actually listening to on the bus, and it was bloody good. Mm. I mean, f- you know, full credit to ABC. It, I might not have been able to actually get in physically inside the stadium, but it felt like I was there with their commentary. It was really good. And that's just another great thing about the A-League. We've got live commentary in in the key cities of the games. It's on Fox Free-to-Air. It's on... You know, uh, Pay subscription TV. TV. Yep. Uh, it's all across digital. I mean, it's it, these really are. Again, you were talking earlier about the twenty-one thousand crowd. Let's not take this for granted. Oh, no. These are great times. Absolutely, um, forty thousand crammed into SFS. Absolute record for them. For decibels, according to Buzz Rothfield, were massive at one uh, end. Look, I tell you what really does depress me though. That suddenly, because some rugby league writers decide that they enjoyed themselves on Saturday night, football suddenly arrived. Go away. Go forth and multiply. You know, we don't need their approbation, uh, their approval. Uh, we do, however, need their coverage, and I think it's important that the Daily, Tele- the Daily Telegraph's coverage, yeah. to be fair, Kevin, has been outstanding. No, you know, it's good to have everybody on board like this, but don't like, just think because some rugby league writers suddenly enjoy themselves. You know, sports writers that suddenly admit after nine years of the A-League, they've only just gone to the first A-League match. You're not a sports writer. You're a league writer. That's fine. Be what you are. But you're not a sports writer. I'm not... I've been to a rugby league match. I've been to AFL matches, but I don't consider myself a sports writer. I'm a football writer, a football online editor. Um, You know... I just, it just annoys me that we're celebrating the fact that Anthony Sharwood enjoyed himself or Buzz Rothfield suddenly turned, uh, uh, turned towards uh, the A-League. Well, it just, these guys should never have been anti-A-League in the first place, especially if they'd never been to a bloody match before. Well, I think it's probably something to do with the Wanderers as well, more than anything else. But, uh, Kevin, uh, I just want to talk to you about Sydney FC. Um, we saw them in the first game against Newcastle, and they, they seem to be... A game plan that they've been working on under Rado for quite a few months. Yeah. I don't know where that game plan's gone because they just looked rudderless and uh, obviously Del Piero didn't play as well. It was very, very disconcerting just to see this lack of any sort of real game plan or idea of how to play against a team that clearly knew its job yeah. inside out. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem is that Rado is playing FIFA 14 on advanced mode. His players are playing on beginner mode. 
and the two just aren't <laughs> meshing at all here. Can you just say that again? No. It, we can use that in the promo. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, you know, I've been to the the, uh, the training sessions with Rado in control, and he is doing the right thing. You know, it's not his fault in the sense of he has got a higher ambition. He knows what, how he wants the players to be playing. The players are not playing that way. Or they're trying to, but they're getting confused and not following through, and it's just a mess as a result. Um, in the long run, will it work? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Uh, I but, can see what Rudd is trying to do. Kevin Shaw, I mean, he's had long enough to work with the players, and Farina too we're talking about here. I mean, how long is the off-season? I mean, they, they got back together, what, uh, May, June, I think? I think, I mean, come yeah, on. but I think the, 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 the problem is it goes I mean, back to, it's, it's like training dogs. Weeks. You can't teach an old dog new tricks. And the, he has got a lot of veteran players who is trying to teach a whole new way of playing football to. And some of the young guys might get it. Mm. Some of the old guys, you know, that are more flexible, more adaptable, will get it. But I think there is a core there that are playing FIFA on beginner. Mm. Uh, and they're going to stay like that. Uh, and that's where the problem comes in. I think the other problem is, you know, that defence was bloody awful. Uh, I mean, it, it was just the, the goal for Shinji was just embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. These were players that were signed by Farina. Mm. Uh, you know, I like the deflection that's going on, trying to blame the boards and uh, blame the uh, CEO for Sydney's current problems. Yes, you've got to blame them for hiring Farina, but at the end of the day, Farina's the one that's taking them out and uh, putting them on the pitch. He's the one who's selecting them. He's the one who's signing them. There are issues, maybe, in boardroom level, but at the end of the day, Pignata's brought, Pignata's brought uh, ADP to the club. He's given uh, Farina, as far as we can see, free reign to sign whoever he wants. Barlow's backed them financially. I can't... <laughs> There may be backroom issues, but as far as I can see, where is the interference? It's Farina's responsibility. Yeah, no, absolutely, I think, I think it takes down. it as well. I just, I just think there's a, there's a there's a wider issue here apart from what we saw on Saturday night. But I think of the how many goals? Six goals that they've copped in the last two weeks. Five are from just defensive errors. Yeah. Three, you could say, in Brisbane, and uh, two. On Saturday night. So um, last season there were defensive issues. It hasn't been fixed, and I don't know what the answer is. But this, this is we are heading towards a crisis at that club. We're not there at the moment, but we're heading very much towards that. But look, oh, I mean, they haven't scored a goal in two games. Mm. Not one goal in two games. Uh, I mean, I said after the Newcastle game to Farina, do you think you were lucky that you got Jets as an early uh, as your opening game? And I think that was prophetic. Mm. You know, I think there's, there's going to be weeks ahead before they get their act together, if they get their act together. And they have to. You know, the, there is only one team in Sydney right now, and it's Wanderers. Mm. As Jacopo uh, LaRocca said after the game, very eloquently as well, Sydney is red and black, and I thought that was fantastic. A little bit of banter on Twitter after the game as well, which was, I thought was quite entertaining. With uh, Garcia and Paul. Yeah. Yes, that was hysterical, yeah. Uh, which I think might have been included in one of the stories on the website, Ken. Yes, um, um, JFE's toxic, JFC's Toxic Review yeah, of the Week. Yeah, um, um, so uh, I love this sort of uh, cross-town rivalry. It just builds and builds every time. And this, this derby is special. It's got a real electricity to it. But at the moment, Sydney are very much in the shadows of Wanderers. And, um, oh, without a doubt. And, you know, I'm not sure. I'm, I think if, if you were running the club as Tractivenko does and putting the money into the club, you really want to perhaps even root and nail, go and pull the whole thing up and start again. Because at uh, well, the moment... You know, how many times can you do that, though? Because, yeah. you know, Farina's had one close season to uh, to bring in new players to, to uh, revitalise the squad and shape it in his fashion he has and it's and the last couple of games have been embarrassing uh, I don't know what he's going to do I don't know where he goes to from here if he actually is the right person for the job or not I can't see a reason to keep him to be honest I don't see a reason to hire him though. Sunday Wellington Phoenix drew with Newcastle Jets 
Um, did you see that game, Kevin? And if so, your thoughts? I actually thought Newcastle didn't play too badly, um, and there was a few good signs there. And of course, we've got the the, the game on Sunday, the free derby. Um, Phoenix at home in Napier, um, almost ten thousand fans there. Uh, ultimately, no goals, not a, a whole lot of quality. But um, I thought I saw some good signs in Newcastle. I thought Burnsy was outstanding, um, just off the striker and. Uh, um, Hernandez as well he's showing the usual quality uh, any thoughts on that game? Yeah well I mean again though it, it's just not quite gelling for them and I, I don't understand certain uh, the way they're lining up and stuff uh, with uh, that's not the lineup as far as I could tell um, I'm sorry I'm just looking at stats on I disagree with what they're saying however uh, the uh, the Jets still aren't there uh, and I think you know they are going to have a long, a long season um, ahead of them. Sorry, we're just having a, a look at stats on together mm. and working out whether or not that was an accurate reflection of uh, the lining, starting lineup. I, I thought, thought Bridges it, started, didn't he? Did Bridges start? Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, that's that's all not quite as I remembered it. However, anyway, it doesn't matter. The Jets haven't scored now in. Three games? Yep. Um, but I saw some good signs. I mean, it's, 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 hard to, it's hard to tell because we didn't see the game live as well. Um, but uh, for Newcastle, I think Burnsy is definitely uh, fitting in very nicely. And, uh, yeah, look, they're not, they're not going to be top six at this point in time. But uh, there's certainly a lot of improvement there. Oh, look, I still think there's still wooden spoon material. You know, the, the squad's there, the potential's there, but GVE just isn't bringing it together properly. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I really do think it's a race between him and Farina as to who's going to get the arse first. Mm. Uh, and I reckon Farina's got two weeks. I reckon if we don't see Sydney FC winning... Uh, between now and after the well, they got the victory game. Victory game yeah. is going to be the, the turning point. If they yeah, again, capitulate in that on that. In fact, I think it was was it victory game last year that the cost the crookie yeah. gave it up. Uh, yeah. gave it away after that, uh, and I can see it happening again. Yeah. It's you know these are the games that have to show some kind of signs of winning, and we haven't seen it so far. Okay, last game of the round was in Perth, where a fantastic crowd turned up to NIB Stadium. Um, looked fantastic from here um, and they just got the result over Melbourne Heart who again haven't won on the road um, 1-0 uh, the scorer was uh, correct me if I'm wrong Jamie McLaren who I play who's caught our eye over the pre-season and yeah Perth off off, uh, off with uh, their first win for the season um, not a not a hugely uh, should we say not, not an entertaining game but uh, saw some good signs this is a team that has got Gallas to come in and Smelts to come in as well yeah um, glory days ahead I reckon I reckon I mean I, I still think they'll be top six uh, they're my tip uh, for the top six uh, Hart certainly again you know a very efficient uh, well drilled performance uh, for them uh, They've still got, you know, uh, depth to draw on in weeks ahead. Uh, so I can see them, you know, improving also. Uh, but I still think they'll have the work cut out to make the top six. Uh, but certainly I, I think they're, they're doing better than they did last season at this stage. Uh, but Glory, nah, I'm looking forward to seeing them. Uh, I think uh, it's, it's going to be a good season for them. Um, Sydney looks uh, very impressive up front. McLaren... Uh, living up to mm. the potential we saw him in, yeah. uh, against uh, Wanderers mm. Sydney Sydney, Sydney. Yeah. Uh, so yeah I think uh, there's a lot and of and Smelty to come back with Smelty to come back and Gallus to yeah. be introduced oh that's going to be a good mm. team that's going to be a tough team to beat and, and hopefully they can maintain this 10,000 plus crowd all season because it looks great at NIB NIB yeah. looks an absolute treat I would I would, st I would be aiming for higher than 10,000 I think you should be yeah I, I think you know they should be looking at 15 uh, on a regular basis especially with Gallus in uh, place if they can start winning consistently at home uh, and getting the occasional result away that's all they need to do uh, in terms of making the six and then sky's the limit. 
Okay, and they they actually uh, shedded possession against uh, um, Melbourne Heart, fifty eight point nine percent possession, um, and their passes had a completion rate of eighty two percent. So that was not too bad. Um, okay, Kev, look, we'll be back after this short break with uh, a chat. Yes, indeed. Um, and uh, just a reminder: get your own copy of the Stat Zone app from the iTunes uh, store. And also, four four two magazine is on sale right now with Mourinho on the cover. Uh, and uh, a really interesting interview with Shinji Ono talking about the ACL and various other interesting features. We're great. We're doing the adverts before the ad break. Yeah. How good are we? Yeah, that's what it's all about. about. We'll see you in a bit. Welcome back, uh, Kev. Look, um, let's talk about this week. We've actually had some time with Ange Postacoglu as well this week, which is very interesting. That's for the magazine coming up um, out in November. Um, what's been the biggest stories online this week for you guys? Uh, well, I, mean, I don't think there was anything to uh, top Ange, uh, to be honest. It was a big, big story of the week. We, uh, we were at the press conference, which was the reason for the podcast getting delayed mm. and then screwed up a little bit with the volumes last week. Um, but uh, we've got some tasters off uh, the, uh, the press conference, and uh, including some chats with uh, Frank Lowy, David Gallup, and Ange himself. So here's uh, what Frank Lowy had to say when uh, he was introducing Ange as the new coach. <laughs> And that was uh, Frank Lowy on uh, Ange Postacoglu getting the Socceroos job. Uh, we had a chat also with, or Ange told us his thoughts about uh, the job and also uh, about how hard it was to leave Melbourne to victory. <laughs> The chairman said, uh, "Country comes first. I think I've already been on record as saying when your country calls, you answer. And uh, I found this too compelling for me personally, but also as a challenge um, to, to knock back at this stage. I hope I'm sitting here because I'm the best man for the job. Um, I understand the, the enormity of the challenge. Uh, I understand uh, where we currently sit and what needs to be done. And." Uh, it's got all the key factors that I look for uh, where I work. Uh, I love a good challenge, and this is certainly one of those. Uh, my hope and uh, my belief is that uh, you know we can restore pride to, to our national team and our national team jersey. I believe I can improve uh, you know our world standing, and, and between now and the world. World Cup, we've got a chance to do that, and during the World Cup, we've got a chance to do that. You know, I'm not going in there with uh, with uh, a target or, or a hit list of people. It's not the way I work, and uh, you know, sometimes people surprise you. You know, and, and I guess my job is, I walk in there and I want to get the best out of every player that's available. But will there be changes? Of course there will, because uh, I've got my own way of doing things. The, the twofold challenge of the job in, in the short term will be to, to make sure we have our best possible team for, for Brazil. But also, you know, I think we need to expose some of our younger players to international football to find out who can and can't play at that level. What I've always found out is they never let you down, but sometimes they surprise you. And, uh, you know, I really believe that, uh, you know, we, we might be able to unearth one or two young players who, who can have a major impact on our side for years to come. So that was Ange on the uh, the task in hand for him. Uh, what did you make of uh, what he said? Well, I mean, it's all, it's all what I expected Ange to say. Um, and what I like about the way he works is that he doesn't just come in and just clean the slate for the sake of it. He'll come in and he'll assess the, the people who are involved in the national team, players and staff. He'll set the environment. And then he'll see who fits into that environment. That's the way he works. 
Um, and of course, we sat down with him yesterday for a separate interview for the magazine where he revealed a few other things that will be in the, the next issue of 442. I'm excited. Um, what's been the reaction on uh, on the forums and uh, just generally um, with our readers online? Oh, I think overwhelming support, basically, for the appointment. Um, uh, and I think the, the opportunity to see some fresh blood come into the side, uh, I think the greatest debate is still about who survives the inevitable kill that's coming. Uh, it'll be interesting to see when that actually takes place. Uh, by doing the uh, Costa Rica game on the 19th, um, what Ange has quite cleverly done is given himself the maximum time with the squad in training and uh, developing uh, it, who's going to actually make the starting of living. If he'd had it on the November the 15th, which was the other available date, he would only have had a few days. Uh, he could have then you know, had a second friendly in the 19th, but the upset of moving from one location to the other and the media in the fresh mm. city would have upset everything. He, it, it, they have actually played it quite clever, only having the one friendly and to take the, the second date for it. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be uh, curious to see uh, the makeup of this squad, how quickly he does his redevelopment, uh, and uh, who the faces are that come in. Mm. Um, you were uh, talking to me yesterday about the the eleven, the starting eleven that mm. you thought might make it. Mm. Want to share? Yeah, look, I, th- I think for me, I picked a squad the other day. It's very difficult because three goalkeepers. 11 starting 11 players and then you've only got nine others so very very difficult but look I basically would start with um, Zulo and Franic as the two wing backs or full backs with um, uh, Reese Williams and potentially uh, uh, Jednak in the centre of defence Langerak as goalkeeper the two kind of holding midfielders kind of controlling midfielders on the left would be Mackay on the right would be Milligan and then in front is uh Rogic, Bresciano and Troisi with Cruz just ahead. But that's a fluid formation. It doesn't have to be a, a 4-2-3-1. It can be very fluid, as you know. And, uh, you know, I think players like Partaloo might get a shot as well. I think he's... Oh, God, Partaloo. Now, yeah, there's a name that, from the past, eh? And I just think that with that formation, with Franich on the right, uh, Williams can also play on the right as well. So, it's a, you know, there are some combinations there and I think I think potentially it could be Langerak, Ryan and even Schwarzer uh, as the third goalkeeper. But I think that was roughly my starting eleven. And there's a number of players who can come in, but we do seem to have a lot of players who are attacking midfield, kind of mobile players. And we are a little bit short in the defensive unit, which is unusual for us, but that's roughly where I'm headed from my starting 11 yeah yeah I mean the the, the Jadnak in central mid, uh, central defence is something that has been talked about by a few people uh, are still not entirely comfortable with playing players out of their traditional position I mean although he is he would be competent certainly in central defence I still feel he is a defensive midfielder I, I, I think Milligan's possibly more of a defender come defensive midfielder myself the other the other player that I've been thinking about a lot lately in centre of defence is Michael Beecham. Yep. He's a leader. He's probably playing the best football of his career. He missed out in the last, the first World Cup, he didn't play at all. And I, I'm pretty sure that he played in the 2010 World Cup. I just think right now, he did play in the 2010 World Cup, didn't he? I think he was part of the squad. I'm not sure if he actually played. I can't remember, but I know that, I just look at him now and he's a genuine leader. He's only 33. Um, and I see him as Is a that potential. the direction we should be going, though? I mean, isn't that what we're trying to get away from? Well, let's... I mean, I mean Bresciano's 32-33. Yeah, I know, but I mean, he, we're having him in because he's already got a lot of experience. No, 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 no. I'm just saying he's right now, to me, he's one of the best central defenders we have in the country. Um, and if, if Jednak didn't work out, and there was a little bit of debate about we need that player, there's no reason why we can't use him after the World Cup but maybe Ryan uh, Reese Williams and another player can take that on but I just think right now he's a very strong option yeah I can't, I'm, I'm not particularly enthusiastic about that direction myself just because okay, I, well, who would you have in the centre of defence no well I mean it is a big problem that we've got but I, I just don't necessarily think that uh, relying on or falling back on no matter how good they are, 33-year-olds is what we should be doing. I just don't feel that... Well, what's the solution? We, we try new combinations. We, Such try, as? we bring in younger players. 
Well, I mean, I just don't see we don't, I don't see a combination at the moment that's going to work for me. I think Reese and, and Jedi, if it worked, and there's a big if on that, mm. but if it did work, that would be great. Jedi's only 29. Yeah. Um, but we've got to look at some other options as well. Spira is the obvious one, but right now, I haven't seen Spira even on the bench. No. No. And that's disappointing for me. Yeah. But what can you expect? I mean, two very, very good central defenders at Wanderers. The, other, think- the other thought that I had is Sainsbury. Yeah, I think I would like to see certainly Sainsbury get brought back into the squad, get a chance to prove himself uh, and get away from this nonsense about him not having the heart for it. I think he is uh, one of the more intelligent players that we've got, Uh, not just football intelligence, but, you know, he's a very switched on player uh, and what might he might not have that raw puppy dog enthusiasm uh, that uh, Holger perhaps was looking for, but I, I, I don't think you should mistake that for mm. a lack of caring or uh, lack, of, form, lack of ambition. Form speaks for himself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think uh, I would definitely like to see him in the in the running for it. Uh, that you know that that's the sort of experimentation I think we should be trying at this stage. Certainly, you know. Uh, I just think I always think you need a really strong leader in the centre of the defence, and I'm willing to bend on ages if we can have him there for a World Cup yeah um, but the same reason I also in the squad I've picked Nitch Nichols as well I just think that he's really blossoming now um, and there's a lot of other players as well Vitisic is another one uh, I just can't remember Josh would be one that I would pick as well because he's a different kind of player yeah. but it is tough to pick this squad and Kale of course would be in there as well yeah. so there's a yeah. few of the no I mean I, 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 we talked about this before you know and, uh, yesterday when we were in the cafe the Kennedy, I think, is offers so much uh, mm. off the bench, if nothing else, uh, a complete change in pace and direction. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, and Cahill still yeah. walks into the side for me. Yeah, uh, in fact, in some cases, you could even say could it be Cahill or Kennedy because they almost play a similar role. In that well, no, I still don't like playing Cahill as a striker. No, you know, no, he should uh, never he, be. He's ghosting in yeah. from uh, attacking midfield. That's why I think if he if he came on late and ghosted in behind, say, a Cruz. Yeah. I mean, he still has got it. I mean, he's clearly just a freak. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, look, it's uh, it's uh, going to be very interesting. I cannot wait for this squad to come out for Costa Rica. You know, the, the, I think the good thing is there's two good things. One, everybody, everybody in the A League and around the world that's Australian born, got any Australian blood in them, can see the opportunity for a place in Brazil now. Mm. Uh, whereas before, it was uh, you know the golden generation and maybe a couple of others. Mm. Everybody's fighting for the place, which can only improve the quality of the A League and can only improve you know uh, the the uh, transfer fortunes of uh, Australians overseas as well because they're all out to impress uh, and there was something else that I was going to say and I've completely forgotten what it was well, let me just add while you're thinking about that <laughs> and I think it's clicking through your mind there is and Ned Zelich pointed out a very pertinent point about Zulo is that he was he's very positive from that left back position um, he's effectively like he's got the strikers mentality and I think he was saying on Twitter how impressed he was that he didn't take the defensive option but he created an attacking option that ended with a goal and I think that's the sort of player Zulo on one side it's, it's a very Queensland oriented side by the way mm. Zulo on one side and Frenish on the other I, I, I've not forgotten Partaloo yeah. he's at a great age he's only yeah. about 26, 27 and with Mackay being a more naturally left sided player he can fill in on that left side when Zulo pushes forward you've got that natural cover Milligan used to be a right back as well so he can cover on the right side mm. and then partly you know what partly does he can do either really yep. Yep. Um, so I see him as an ideal third player in that defensive oh, I would definitely love to see partly getting a, a run yeah. in a squad training camp Let's he's see playing at a good team. level I mean Chinese Super League is a very yeah. good level yeah um, it's exciting though, isn't it, Kev? It is, and that was the other thing that uh, I was going to say, which I've now remembered, was the fact that um, the, the the depth of the pool of talent to choose from has suddenly been so expanded. And it is, it's actually quite difficult to, to hone that squad down. And also... Because you can consider so many more people now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we haven't even spoken about Holman. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Holman is a Where does he fit? Yeah. Does he fit in? How does he fit in? Does he fit in? He's a yeah. World Cup scorer. He can score. He's playing in a, a league that many don't believe is helping him, but we know what he can do in the national team. He helped us against Oman. Let's not oh, forget. Well, you know, there are players that without doubt have something to offer the, uh, the Socceroos, but you have to look at the big picture and say, right, 
Is it short-term gain of having him in that position? How is that affecting us for the future? Do we keep him in or do we sacrifice him and sacrifice maybe the odd goal here and there in lieu of bringing through the next generation? And that's the decisions that haven't been made previously. Uh, That's where Holger let us down because he was looking short-term that match and that match alone Absolutely. every time. Yeah. So in effect, what Ange is doing right now is is what Holger really should have done straight after the 2011 oh, Asian Cup. Which is, three years to compress know, into eight months. It's going to be an exciting ride. Kevin will be back very soon with a preview of this week's A League. See you soon. We just talked about the squad. We're so excited here that we we've just jettisoned all the transitions. Now we're just talking away. Yeah, we just talk. Yeah, Kev. What we're, we were just talking about the soccer. We're so excited about this squad. But in the meantime, before the Costa Rica game and Ange uh, and his first squad, we've got the, this next round of the A League starting on Friday night at. Can I say it? Wonderland. Woohoo! Sorry, Wonderland. Sorry, no, 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 Stadium. Sorry, we're going to try that one again in. Stadium. Yeah, it's not quite the same, has it? Really, no, it no, it's, it's, no. it lacks that dramatic. Wonderland effect. is still for me. Parramatta Stadium is Wonderland, but it'll be funny if the Eels who play in the Rugby League they call it Wonderland. Um, Friday night, Adelaide versus um, the Wanderers. We saw this game in preseason. We did. And um, it was exceptionally good in Penrith. Uh, the Wanderers, perhaps. Uh, not at their best Adelaide really rusty. showing some signs of where they can go um, a fascinating game in prospect Kevin um, I'll, I'll just throw it straight to you who do you tip for Friday night um, I think this is going to be uh, a very interesting battle because I honestly don't think I mean Sydney flattered Wanderers I think at the weekend to be honest I don't think the Wanderers are still at full speed uh, I think they're still quite a long way off to be honest I mean Shinji Ono's goal was just brilliant but the, the fact that the defence was so awful allowed him to, to shine the way he did uh, so I uh, but having said that also you know Adelaide's still not up to speed they're still trying to adapt to this new style but they were going to be a bit more up to full strength I think this week uh, Possibly. Um, I have to look and see who's in, who's out for them. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I think this could be a tight battle. I think this could be uh, yet another draw prediction from me, I'm afraid. Mm. It's so tough. Uh, you know, the uh, the five goals last weekend, I think, is testimony to just how tight it is this mm. season. Uh, there was a lot more goals the previous week, but this last week, five goals... <laughs> Never have so many been entertained by so little, to be mm. honest. I think on Friday night, I think you'll see Adelaide dominating the possession stats, but I think Wanderers will dominate on the scoreboard. Um, uh, another huge crowd, of course, it's all sold out for exactly. members. Six sellout in a row mm. for uh, mm. games that Wanderers have been in. And they've also got a buyback where if you can't make it as a member, they're trialling a situation where you can potentially then get that ticket for yourself. Yeah, that um, is a fantastic idea. You know, uh, full credit to Wanderers for listening to the fans and giving them what they ask for. Mm. Although Hersey was under an, an injury cloud, I don't know how he's going this week, uh, Kev. It came off uh, against um, Sydney. And also Moy didn't play against Sydney because of the concussion. Whether or not Moy comes back into the team, uh, we, we yet to see. But um, I suspect yeah. he probably won't. I think he's going to miss that this one. Mm. Well, it was a pretty nasty hit. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, th- I think it'll be. A, we know what'll happen. Adelaide will play a lot of possession-based football, and uh, the Wanderers will will see a lot of that. But they will hit them on the break very quickly. As soon as a mistake is made, they'll pounce. And they've got the players to do it. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the weakness that has that we identified in the, the pre-season game uh, and which has been identified ever since is the defence and trying to play it out of the back. They, they, they've it? not quite got the hang of it yet. Yeah. They certainly didn't, pre, didn't in pre-season uh, and it's still uh, Achilles' heel for them. And, and where Wanderers do, do it so well is when they press so high and 
so well and they force you to go long, then they'll just immediately turn that position into an attacking situation. Absolutely. I mean, that is a weakness that really, really plays to uh, Wanderer's strength. Uh, so, yeah. Adelaide's got to be in, on the guard for that. They really need to work on that mm. this week in training and uh, overcome the, the flaws that uh, are endemic to them, mm. unfortunately, at the moment. But if they can, uh, yeah, I, I fancy a draw. But I think if they don't work on this weakness at the back, Wanderers are 2-0. Uh, yeah, I fancy Wanderers for this one as well. Kev, uh, so that's Friday night at Wonderland. And it's on live on SBS2 and HD which is always really good. So if you don't have Foxtel, you can watch it live on free-to-air. And at halftime, you might even see an advert for 442 Magazine. But maybe yeah, not. Gee, they're really plugging it. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. Sure, um, we can't pronounce the names, but, you know. <laughs> well, we'll leave that one. For Moving the swiftly on. Yeah. Um, Saturday, Perth. Um, an afternoon kickoff. It could be boiling. Who knows? Um, God, Del Piero. That's two of yeah. isn't it? Jeez. We don't know whether Del Piero will play for Sydney at this point, but Perth hosting Sydney in the first game. The Jets and the Mariners in the F3 derby in the second game. Kev, um, Perth, a, a second week in a row to stay in Perth and just regroup after a victory. Sydney, well, if they, if they don't win... It's going to put so much pressure on them the following week when they play victory. How do you see this one playing out? Oh, I think it's just going to play to script, to be honest. I can't, can't see Perth getting beaten. I can't see Sydney winning. That's that's the way it's going to uh, line up. Is Gallus going to be ready in time for Sydney? No. I don't think so. It's going to be the following week, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I think his first game is the 13th or on or about the 13th. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. William, if you're listening, welcome to Australia. Bonjour. Bonjour. Ça va? Oui. Oui, oui. Oui, ça va. Um, another great signing, but a defensive signing, along with uh, guys like Contreras and uh, other Look, defensive players in this yeah, league. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think for a market like Sydney, uh, their marquee star has to be a match winner. Mm. Um, they has to, uh, you know, go out there and uh, grab the headlines. Uh, for glory, I think different rules slightly apply. Uh, and same for victory as well. You know, I think they can get away... With, you know, uh, they needed a defender mm. in victory. Uh, Glory just probably needed a big-name star, to be yeah. honest. Uh, and now they've got one, uh, and it's a, it's a champion. We'll have to see how he settles into the side, but uh, certainly, you know, he's, he's doing a bit of pre-publicity already, uh, posing with the shirt and mm. doing interviews. So, you know, it's good. It's, uh, it's not the precious star that, you know, we perhaps... We're wary he might turn out to be so well, far. We'll soon find out because I think we are planning our trip to Perth, but that hasn't been confirmed as yet. In um, December, hopefully. Fingers yeah, crossed. Fingers crossed. But look, um, uh, yeah, a, a really interesting game ahead. Um, and then the F3 derby falls in on Saturday. Um, and if, again, if you go to script, you would say the Mariners could probably go up the F3 and get the all three points. But I'm not sure about that. You reckon? I'm not sure about that. I think th this is the point where Newcastle will say, you know what, we've got absolutely nothing to lose here. They'll throw everything at the Mariners. Um, and if it's a decent crowd, you never know. I I'm actually going to tip Newcastle to get something out of this game. Not win, but get something out of the game. I think the hunter will be the hunted. The, the hunter will be the hunted? Yes. Gee, I've never heard that one before. No, no. I just made that one up. I thought the Mariners were now the hunted, now that they're the, the, the champions. From the hunter to the hunter. No, but they work in the hunter. The, the, the Jets are in the Hunter. Yeah. They're the I, I, Hunter side. Yeah, so the Mariners are close to the Hunter, though, aren't they? They're quite close, but yeah. they are not the Hunter. Yeah. The Jets are the Hunter. Have they been hunted this year? Uh, the, the Hunter. And have the, the Hunter, the hunter been, hunted? been hunted? Ooh, I think they're, they're struggling, yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah. 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 I think we should probably walk away from this, yeah. uh, this yeah. that line of talk. I mean, what can, um, I, I, I honestly don't see the Jets getting anything out of this game uh, at all. Nothing about their performances up to now. I disagree, Kevin. The side of Emil Heskey in that dressing room will lift players. No. There was an interesting rumour that uh, Heskey was on strike until GVE was sacked. Mm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if he comes back from uh, injury this weekend, that will put the lie to that rumour. Well, it was always going to be three to four weeks, as, uh, as they said in yeah. the initial yeah. scans. We, so. are, we had always never expected him to be back before this mm. game anyway. So. Um, Tip... My tip is 3-0 for the Mariners. What? I'm actually going all out with 3-0. And I think Matty Simon will be uh, bouncing back with a goal too. Okay, well look, I'm going to tip a, a very exciting 2-2 draw. And I'm going to tip Heskey to come off the bench and score one. Um, and I'm, I'm tipping a, an improved performance from Newcastle. But, uh, I mean, that's just a newie in me. 
Yeah. You know, I'm a yeah. merry weather boy, yeah. you know what I mean? There's going to be pigs flying and unicorns okay, right well, we'll up see, and down the sidelines We'll see next week's 4 for 2 FM. We'll see how we go with that. Yep. Um, and the round is rounded out in Brisbane on Sunday with the Raw hosting Melbourne Heart. Melbourne Heart, a second game on the road. Um, Brisbane Raw with a massive... Uh, massive injury uh, problem this week, but a, a familiar face to you could be playing for the Raw in Devante Clute. Yes, uh, my little mate from the chance trip to Barcelona last year. Uh, Devante what a life was... you got. <laughs> Nine clubs, gorgeous women. Yeah, I know you. It, that was a good trip, I have to say. That. Thank, you. Devante... thank you very much, Nike. I really enjoyed that. Take me on the next one, please. Tell me um, about Devante Clute. But actually, you know, it's coinciding this game will coincide with the latest chance this week which is also coming up this weekend in England uh, so yeah nice symmetry there a couple of boys of, of ours over there I believe there two are boys, yeah. yeah two which uh, we're going to be Names having a chat with this week yeah. uh, Lucas and Reese, I think is it Luca? Luca? You're Mr. Chance around here, so yeah. I'll um, you We've got a chat with them coming up on the website uh, imminently anyway. Uh, but yes, uh, Devante's a, a good wee boy, and uh, he's a midfielder who styled himself on Messi, uh, and uh, his ambition was to, to crack the A-League uh, and get a start before he was 18, I think, and he probably just about doing that, because mm. I'm not sure he is actually 18 yet. Uh, can Melbourne Heart get anything out of this game? No uh, For several reasons Prime amongst them Perth last weekend, Brisbane this weekend That's a lot of air miles uh, And it's going to take toll on any team mm. uh, Before you even start to look at you know uh, Who they're up against and what Particularly they a team that struggles so much away from home Exactly um, uh, So yeah, I wouldn't be putting too much money on them but by the same token Roar also beset by a growing injury list uh, beset by Bassard yes missing but not just Bassard I mean Bratton's under an injury cloud um, was, am I right to say that Frangic was uh, watching training at one point this week apparently he went, limped out Stepan, of training Stefan has an injury issue as well a lot of young kids and of course they only had 20 players signed so they're yeah. down to bare bones dare we say yeah uh, and they've got the work cut out but you know um, it does give players like Devante the, the chance to come through and show what they're worth show what they're up to uh, so I'm really going to look forward to seeing this just to see Devante in action uh, I haven't seen him since he was playing in Barcelona mm. so you know that's uh, a nice uh, trip for him um, as to the final score it's kind of a difficult one to predict to be it honest is, yeah. I, I still think Roar will marriage victorious here if there's a result if there is a result I think Roar will edge it 1-0 maybe 2-0 uh, but Equally, I can also quite happily see a nil-nil draw mm. at the end of this one just because of the circumstances. I think I think you might be right. I might tip a nil-nil draw as well. Okay, thanks, Kev. Well, look, I think that's pretty much it for the week. Anything to plug? <laughs> no, side? just StatZone website. We've got a new website coming in another couple of weeks. It's dragging on somewhat. I'm not very happy about it, but we're getting there. Uh, no need to whisper, they can't hear Yeah, there's spies everywhere uh, No, but uh, within the next two weeks We will have a new website uh, Which is very exciting It looks great uh, we just need it to make it work that's all oh, you'll make it work Kev look thanks so much for your time today uh, au.442.com is the website 442 Australia magazine Thursday FC tonight on SBS2 and of course live free to wear football on SBS2 on Friday night the Wonderland game we'll see you on 442 FM next week mm-hmm.